Friends beyond the binary. Uh, here I am to plant a seed. Uh, how come they don't say bury a seed? Uh, you say plant a seed, right? Uh, is there a difference? You say, is it like, uh, I mean, you say, man, that seed's coming like, uh, place the seed under the dirt. That's another way you could say it. Uh, uh, give a seed some place under the ground uh, or, on, you know, in a lay a seed in a bed of dirt. How about that? And I hope I can lay your thoughts aside so you can get into your bed. And since I don't know what's at this probably isn't the summertime of year, so you don't have to worry about brushing that sand out of there. So, so, so tucking you in with stuff that doesn't, if you say, what is this person talking about? You're maybe in the right place because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring it to you for free twice a week. And thank you so much, my patron peeps. And I may have forgotten to say, uh, friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So I just said it again, just in case. Uh, uh, All right, Scoots, take it away. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble? Getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts on your mind that you're thinking about. Uh, so thoughts, it could be feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally or uh, physically that you're experiencing. Maybe you're having thoughts about those. Maybe it's related to those thoughts. Maybe it's something else, uh, change in time, temperature, routine, something coming up, something that just went by, somebody visiting, uh, something else, you know, whatever is keeping me awake. I'm here to be your friend in the deep, dark night. That's really my job. Hey, I'm your bedtime bud, your boar bay, your boar sip, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your Renee boar, your boar bay. And what does that mean if you're new? I'm here to keep you company and get mixed up because I already forgot. Oh, the way I'm going to do it so that, oh, so that you can fall asleep. <laughs> it really is my primary purpose is to keep you company in a way that you don't have to pay any attention to me so that you could fall asleep. So uh, what? how do I propose to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky are my tones. Pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, which means I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to get confused. Then I'm going to say stuff that doesn't make any sense. And I'll say, wait a second. Uh, and then I'll go back. And then I'll, and my thoughts will get interrupted while I'm talking. And then I'll, so I get mixed up. And all of that to keep you company so that you can fall asleep. And the most important thing I'm going to say, I'll say it right now. You deserve a good night's sleep. That's why I'm here. Now, I can't provide it for everybody, which I'll explain more of, but I want you to know that you deserve a bedtime that you don't have to dread and something where you can get the sleep you need to be functional, uh, that your life feels manageable, and eventually you get enough rest where you could be out there flourishing. One, because you deserve it. Two, it's important to me because I know how it feels. Like, I've been there. Tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Trouble waking up early. Trouble thinking, mind racing, trouble, you know, all that stuff. Uh, So, I know how it feels. And really, underneath it all, for me at least, it feels pretty, I can feel, I can have a lot of strong feelings about it, right? And it can hurt a little bit, uh... Uh, I guess to use a strong word. So it's important for me to be able to help because not only do you deserve a good night's sleep, if you get the rest you need, like I said, our world is a better place when you're rested. Your world's better. That means our world is better. And there's like lots of other people listening. Now, maybe there's a possibility, you know, no one has been through the same thing you're going through right now that's keeping you up. But I can tell you a lot of us probably know how it feels.
And uh, so that's uh, that's the most important thing I'm going to say. Now, like uh, to go back to what I said, uh, this podcast does not work for everybody. Not only does it not work for everybody, it doesn't work for almost almost nobody. Uh, I just thought of the uh, Charlie song for "You Are Everybody" or whatever from the TV show Lost. Just popped in my head for some reason. Oh boy! And that's probably you say, "Scoots, that's not the song." You all, everybody, you are everybody. I don't know, but so, oh boy, that took me off track. Uh, oh, this doesn't work for everybody. It, but it almost works for no one on the first try. And that's because it's very different. One, if you've been struggling to get to sleep, you probably tried a bunch of stuff and none of it's worked consistently. That's why you're here. So you may be skeptical or frustrated already when you get here. Totally normal. And then this show on top of it is very, very different. So it takes some getting used to. But I'll try to tell you what are the, some of the things that take getting used to just so you know. But I can tell you from feedback of hundreds of thousands of people, it takes two or three tries to get used to the show. Also from feedback from an equal or more number of people, it doesn't work for everybody. And some people have very, very, very strong feelings about how it doesn't work for them. Understandable. But instead of expressing your feelings to me, I want you to check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you if it doesn't work for you. Or you say, I just don't, I prefer never listening to you again, Scoots. It's a great sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. has a list of other sleep podcasts and sleepy audio that's different style than this show. You might even say those those have a style. Uh, but so, okay, what is different about this show that might throw me off? Okay, one, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. Most podcasts, almost by definition, is something you listen to with your ears and your mind or whatever. I don't know. Technically, I have no idea. Sleep with me is more of a reflective listening. So I think technically if something happens with a vibration of a tympanium or something and then your ear and then it comes to electrons and all that kind of stuff. And your brain says, okay, here, I hear what you're saying. With sleep with me, it's more like reflective listening. It could just bounce off. It doesn't even have to get in. It could just bounce off the outside of your ear if you need to. And you say, I'm aware there's some vibrations happening. I'm not sure they make any sense. Another image that may be more preferable is watching clouds float by. You say, well, I'm kind of, I'm aware there's clouds in the sky. They are in shapes, and uh, maybe that's a poofy shape, and maybe it's more of a wispy shape. And they're not bad. Uh, having clouds, a lot of times, not bad. That's a compliment. It's not a—sometimes— Absolutely stupendous, but sometimes uh, clouds. Sometimes I, I don't need to apologize for sometimes barely paying you any mind. Clouds, they do just fine on their own. Uh, that's what they say to me in their notes. They say, don't worry about us. We weren't even aware you existed, <laughs> Scoots, uh, uh, until it was brought to our attention. And that was imaginary anyway. I had to send myself an imaginary note from a cloud I guess that says more about me than the clouds. So, oh, so this is a podcast. Obviously, I'm not qualified to be listened to. So just kind of barely listen at first or don't. Uh, and that's why it takes a couple of tries because, oh, I can't figure this podcast out because it's disassembled. Still functioning, but totally disassembled. It's also not a podcast that puts you to sleep. I keep you company in the deep, dark night, and you fall asleep And while you're not listening to me. You're just barely paying attention. I'm here to be your friend to make the deep, dark night feel less alone or less lonely. And if you can't sleep, I'll be here to the very end. You can listen to me. But that's kind of what works about the show. You can listen, but you don't need to. And, you know, probably... You, you won't remember, even if you listen to me, you say, what was he talking about again? Don't know. Something about, uh, uh, Charlie, he, he tried, I don't know. He said, uh, was it overdrive or drive shaft? It was definitely drive shaft, whatever it is. So you say, what do you, well, he was talking about cars and you say, no, I don't know. He maybe he said he had a Matchbox Charlie Bucket bucket car. Well, what's a bucket car, honey? I don't know, but I slept so good. Maybe maybe he put Matchbox cars in a bucket while singing. I don't know, but yeah. Oh boy, do you, yeah. I feel I feel so rested. 
So it's a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't put you to sleep. Give us the good news, Scoots. Oh, it also has a strange structure that serves some very specific purposes. So the structure of the show, it starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So you feel greeted, you feel welcome, hopefully you feel seen. And then I say something that pops in my head, or maybe I wrote it down on a piece of scrap paper that may be mild, mildly senseless but amusing. And you say, okay, it's a little bit silly too. So that's the greeting. Then there's the show, or then there's the oh, the support. So there's support for the show because the goal is to have the podcast come out twice a week for free on all podcast platforms. And the sponsors and the listeners who support the show financially uh, by membership are what enable us to do that. So you could listen for free, totally optional to pay for it, and wherever you want to listen. So that's one of my goals. Then there's support for listeners in case you have some extra needs right now. There's support for communities around the show. Then there's the intro, which is separate from the support stuff. Uh, It's a show within a show, and it goes anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. It's where I try to introduce the podcast unsuccessfully over over a thousand tries, and I've been unsuccessful uh, all of them. But I'm successful in some other things. The intro also serves another purpose, which is to ease the transition into bedtime. So for a lot of listeners, the intro is something, it's part of their wind-down routine. Whether they're getting ready for bed, they're doing some chill activity, lying on the floor, foam rolling, drawing, stretching, needling, or point, whatever, I don't know, point, like hooking or whatever. And uh, we're just getting comfortable, or some listeners are asleep. Uh, two, two or three percent of people skip ahead. A couple thousand people listen to story-only episodes on Patreon. So there's, at first at least, kind of see how it goes, because it's supposed to ease you into bedtime. That's why the intro goes on and on and on. And it's based on feedback over the past eight years and my own experience of like having a bedtime routine to slowly get to sleep, which can be frustrating. I totally understand it, but it's the only thing that's consistently worked for me. And one of the few consistent things that lines up with what everybody says about sleep, which everybody, like, you know how it is because you've been there. Everybody knows everything about sleep, right? And they say, oh, you're doing it wrong. And I say, well, let me ease you into bedtime at least and see how that goes. So that's the intro. Then there's business between the intro and the show. Again, so the show, so it can be optional to pay for the podcast and you can listen wherever you want. Uh, then there's the episode. Tonight will be our episodically modular series, Bedtime Story, about uh, Spice Friends. And that'll be nice. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, Scoots here. It's time for another episode, uh, another, um, what is this? An episodically modular, but another episode of Spice Friends, our episodically modular series with seriality. But you can listen to it in any order because I'm going to catch you up right now on most of it. But also this one, a little spoiler, part of the story will be catching you up too. But I'll catch you up on everything. So if this is your first episode, don't worry. Uh, I'm going to tuck you in here and then I'm going to tuck you in again. So Spice Friends is a tale of a world just like ours, maybe a little bit in the future, and or maybe say, and maybe say, whoa, wait, that wasn't fiction, I guess. Uh, where at some point during the history of a hum, human beings, we discovered there was these big, what you would call maybe titans. Sometimes there was uh, gorillas. Sometimes there was like dinosaur types or moth type uh, giant beings, right? And they would walk around. Sometimes they would step on cars and stuff, knock over power lines and more, and they would yell and stuff like that. And it was very intrusive, obviously, on our way of life. And the humanity as a whole tried to, at first we were, oh, wait a second, it's something about those materials we have that have half-lives, uh, especially the ones we use offensively. 
that get their attention. So they got all the big ones on a big, like an atoll, big ones atoll, right? Uh, that worked for a while, but then people, you know, and there was treaties and stuff. They said no more offensive half-life. Then they said, well, we're using it for power. And then the big ones said, wait a second, you're using it for, you're, you know, you're not being honest. Uh, so then they returned and they started stepping on stuff again. This was when we had President Smith and President Smith's daughter, President, Vice President Smith. And I think during sometime during that history, they also got in touch with some planet called Planet Zipper. Not a lot of details in this show about this. Uh, so you just kind of kind of roll with it. I didn't get there's not a lot of memorandums I was able to page through. But they sent this this team of astronauts to Planet Zipper and Planet Zipper said, hey, we got some solutions. We'll send us some astronauts. We'll teach them. And they said, we're also working on something. But meanwhile, President Smith had to, like, take action because one of the big dinosaur ones uh, came over and was messing everything up. And President Smith tried a bunch of things. Finally, President Smith, they had some sort of serum. Maybe it was from Planet Zipper. Not important, I don't think, right now for me to remember where the serum was from. Or Ray or something, I don't know. But President Smith turned into a big one, lured the big ones to big ones, Atoll. Oh, I guess it was from Planet Zipper, because then Planet Zipper used this big uh, beam or something to uh, cause all of Earth to go into hibernation for a time. And your hibernation would wear off, I guess, based on size. So the big ones were the last ones to wake up. And by the time they woke up, that's where our story kind of started. They were getting ready to wake up. The the astronauts were supposed to come back. Only one astronaut returned. And they said, okay, we have a solution for the big ones when they wake up. And they, the president, now President Smith had gone away, dealt with it. Time had passed. I'm talking probably decades. And Vice President Smith, who had left politics but had returned, because the the way politics worked had changed in that time. You know, after mass hibernation and then waiting around for giant beings to get woken back up, it, you know, people t- change their priorities. But Vice President Smith had become president of the world, which really just meant president or chairperson or something of uh, the collective nation, CN. So she was working with this astronaut, and, and they, they, she, she said, we follow all the plans you set, but it was like children's programming. And uh, and the astronaut basically said, yep, we're going to do this kind of positive uh, joy through song and dance and, you know, dealing with seeing your feelings and feeling your feelings. And that's going to manifest a solution to these big ones. And the president's vice, no, president Smith said, I'm the president of the world, uh, this is not, doesn't sound like, uh, there's nothing, you know, how's this going to work? It doesn't, this is a, a bit foo-foo, I would say. And the astronaut said, well, this is the solution I've come with. Uh, can you trust me? And President Smith said, well, I can trust you mostly. And so they moved forward with this plan, which actually worked, creating through song and dance and children's programming, mostly, and really uh, leaning in. It would manifest these spice friends, which were giant spice-based beings. Uh, And thus far, they've helped mitigate some of the big ones. Uh, Moth breath, uh, boggy or something, some sort of bog, giant bog being. I don't know. There was another, there was one other one, I think, or two other ones. I'm not even sure. Oh, no, no. There was a garlic spice friend that helped. and there was a cinnamon spice. So they helped make things better. And uh, they were still trying. The president and the astronaut and their team of children's programming, not exec, creatives and executives, I guess. Uh, I don't think you're an executive, though. It's because it's like you're working for like some sort of, uh, you know, you're actually, I wouldn't say you're a bureaucrat. Uh, I wonder if they had any wonks, policy wonks. I don't know what even that means, but I just say, huh, that's interesting. Any gad, I wonder if they had any gadflies. Oh, this is not the time to, my brain just said, this isn't the time to ponder those questions. 
But so they were working with trying to create these spice friends to deal with the um, big ones. Now, meanwhile, the collective nations were trying to work together. But there was other, you know, city states and people, oligarchs, you know, whole nine yards, just like, uh, you know, you hear about in the great uh, boring tales that sleep with me. And they had their own agendas, and there was a lot of stuff going on. And some people just wanted a clear-cut solution, just like the president did. He said, what? You're going to... Because no one knew about it. They just knew the Spice Friends would appear every once in a while. So they were looking for a more clear-cut solution. President Smith, uh, she intervened, though. But it ended up the Big Ones Atoll went away, and the Big Ones separated, left the Big Ones Atoll and spread out across the world. And I like we'll find out, I guess, coming up here. I know I can tell you this, that, that just like Willow says, uh, uh, all will be well. So that's, uh, I guess, without further ado, uh, here's another episode of uh, Spice Friends. And here's our Hollywood announcer, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, as a boy says a girl's it's time for my friends beyond the binary. To join us in another tale of Spice Friends. Spicy. Yeah. Thanks. That's Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, now, Antonio and I, I, I guess uh, we're going to, um, if he can remain silent for the next, uh, like, 70 minutes without, because another thing I notice is your hair makes a noise now. Now that you've, like, your smile, you've learned to control the twinkling of your smile and whatever that spiritual joy that comes out of the inside of you or whatever, I've noticed your hair also makes a sound. It doesn't sound the exact, it sounds like if, like if there was icicles in heaven and someone had a, some sort of magical drumstick or something and they ran across, they were playing icicles as an instrument, not on Earth, though, because on Earth it would just probably sound like clump. Your hair makes a sound like that. I'm pretty sure I'm hearing it. Uh, it's very faint, uh, probably because it's coming. I don't know if that's what heaven does. If there's a heaven and they're watching your hair, this is probably what happens. Maybe I'll just get you a hairnet. Oh, no, I have one next to my bed for you. That was my way of indirectly introducing that now you have to wear a hairnet, Antonio. But I'm pretty sure what's happening is heaven is watching your hair and there's some sort of angel or I don't know, I, I, I guess it would be a sprite uh, or a nymph. Uh, and when they see your hair move, they like start playing icicles, uh, like not like a xylophone because most of them are higher pitched and heavenly sounding. And my mic picks, at least it, my, my ear, I can hear it and it's distracting. So that's why you have to wear hairnets. Uh, and that is how all drives all the way from LA now wearing a hairnet uh, and lying in my bed with those booties on, on top of a comforter I put on top of my comforter, uh, and not moving at all except you know what's necessary. Uh, is Mister our Hollywood announcer? We're always grateful, Mister Antonio Banderas. Thank you so much, and this is Spice Friends. Thanks, everybody. Okay, Madam President, uh, this has been a while since we've—I mean, I, I haven't heard any recordings from you, and it's been quite a while since I've done any recordings. Uh, we're here, I guess what I believe, I believe we're at a turning point, and I have no idea when the last recording I made it was. Uh, that was because we got busy. We're working very closely together. And I guess I didn't realize the benefit of making these recordings until we reached a point where we're at a turning point where we're spinning around and around and around and then stumbling like uh, like when you put your head on the pole kind of thing. And then you say, no, go back to the circle, spin around again, which where are you turning to? I don't know if that's the correct metaphor, but so how do I catch up if you're listening to this and you say, where are we and how did we get here? Well, 
I have no idea how much time elapsed uh, after, so I guess that's not as important as what has happened since then. We got you back after your trip to Big Ones Island and flying around on a kefir lime leaf on the back of a, a, like a flying feathered friend or not friend or whatever. Big Ones Atoll uh, sunk beneath the sea. I believe uh, the kefir lime leaf and uh, long feather uh, headed below the sea to a sea vent that you instructed them. The rest of the big ones left big ones atoll uh, and spread out across the globe eventually. And that was not popular. For Well, I guess not popular. How do we define popular? Your choice received a lot of scrutiny. And you, understandably, as a leader, uh, were willing to be the projection, you know, have that choice projected on you. We were able to uh, find, you know, give people a choice, have people deal with the consequences of how they dealt with you within our, your administration, our administration, our teams. Okay, so, well, but what happened? So the big ones, I was trying to say, could I do this in a way that uh, gets to the point? But this is how we think things out, you and I, or one of the ways we've discovered it. So the big ones spread out across the globe slowly, and the globe had strong feelings about it. And first they were kind of searching for remnants of that element uh, that you had fed them that powered the device that was supposed to change the movement of tectonic plates. And luckily, we were able to, you know, work with the entire planet for a while and relocate the processed parts of that element to isolated areas. And so first the big ones spread out and we reacted and they went to these isolated areas. Now, no area is totally isolated. So we also had to work on some humanitarian work and re- relocate people, well, hopefully temporarily. And again, that was an opportunity for for some, for, for us and for other people, it was either an opportunity or not an opportunity. And I don't, you know, I guess part of me is used to think that was like a four, you know, 40, 40, 20. Yeah. 40% of the people were like, okay, like uh, this is, you know, this change, you know, I didn't expect a big one to show up. Uh, at our home here, but, uh, I'll have to do my best to do, you know, okay, we'll move there. And then 40% of people were very upset and 20% of people said, uh, I'm sorry, what? So, yeah, so there's that, uh, and that was our status. And, you know, everybody was very concerned with what are we going to do about the big ones? I feel like there was a sense of confidence, uh, at least deep down with you and most of our team and the people that believed in your leadership. And I guess if go back to that same idea, I said, this is probably 40% uh, of the collected nations that say, or the cooperative nations, 80, you know, 80% of cooperative nations believed in you and the people and maybe the rest of the world, you know, they didn't, you know, that was 20%. I don't know. But so, that big, we could bring the spice friends where we needed them, and that we were coming up with a plan to deal with the big ones once these elements uh, were consumed or they were throwing the elements around, all those things. What we didn't quite realize was that uh, while we were trying to come up with a plan in the cooperative nations, uh, many people, you know, a lot of times people come up with an idea. And they think they're the first person that thought of it. But sometimes, and in this case, it was all, all, it was a synchronicity. Is that the right word of uh, an idea? And a lot of people had the same idea were people that were used to collecting power or groups that were used to collecting power. For some, it was political power and some was financial power. 
And uh, the, most of those personality types were people that were used, you'd say, use the word, word strong arm to describe their uh, behavior. It could be uh, a subtle version of that. Uh, but they all had this idea within a few months of each other. What if we brought the big ones? Could could can the big ones be controlled? That was an idea that's always been asked. Uh, what does it mean if a big one comes to our country? What does this element have to do with things? Uh, and so then we reached a period, uh, and that led to us to our turning point where the big people started inviting big ones to their countries or drawing them. Uh, to their countries, and uh, that uh, the big ones seemed, it, it was weird, they seemed to respond, and each one responded to a different call. I don't know, I need to take a break now, because I just feel like I'm uh, I'm still spinning around in circles, but I'm hoping you're going to leave me a message, too, to help me process it, and you're listening, you'll listen to this message, and it'll help you process things. Okay, President of the United States recording. I said the United States. Uh, can't get my father out of my mind, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm recording this message, uh, and uh, you, hopefully you're listening to it, but whoever's listening to it, you could take that as uh, that you're listening to it. And I'm reviewing things in uh, here... It's been a while since I've sat down and recorded myself uh, to review things, and quite a lot has changed. I got taken a big one's atoll without my permission. My team and I, we had to come up, uh, think on our feet, and work with uh, the team here to deal with that situation Big ones, atolls sunk beneath the earth. The big ones spread out across the globe. First, an unpopulated, low population areas. Excuse me, low population areas. Uh, and eventually, how do I say this uh, without uh, showing how strongly I feel about it? But uh, certain people with uh, inflated view, strong lead strong meglo i don't know how to describe it but uh st- certain countries and places within countries started trying to attract the big ones there uh thinking they could use them defensively or offensively thinking of the big ones in some sense as a symbol of their power is still behavior that i do not quite understand and how more than one of these holy mana, all these arcs. Uh, there's some, yeah, you have a committee. Oh, boy, you have a committee of strong arms. That's great for you. Attracting the big ones there. And now, like, the big one came and sat down and had some tea with you. You could still see the big one walking around... I guess this gets into insulation. Oh, well, you live in a place that's insulated from the impacts of your actions. And so you don't have to deal with the big one walking around uh, the low-lying parts of your nation or your your city-state or whatever it was. And you could afford to move the elements around and... uh, then we got into this place where at least you were able to listen to reason because at least I knew not to fight you. Then in the face of this behavior, I didn't understand. I'd learned from my father, from my mother, and from a lot of other intelligent people to, uh, you know, set aside the people and the problems, uh, they say, hey, well, there's like people that don't want to be in this nation with a big one stomping around. Um, can 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 you let them leave and and they can come here and and live in one of the the, the, the CN aligned nations? Uh, only if they you know uh, 
And then you said, okay, but what if people want to come live in our place? You know, well, you know, and you had incentives, uh, and we made a, agreements. I said, okay, well, we have free passage or what paid passage, uh, even if people wanted to leave or wanted to come. And I mean, again, it was beyond my understanding why a large portion of people. Well, I guess it's not, it's beyond my understanding, but I can see it happening and I believe it happened to say, well, yeah, I want to live in that. I like that leader. I like the style. They tell it like it is. And, you know, they have a vision, you know, having a, a giant, uh, whatever that hawk, chicken hawk or whatever it is, uh, cat, it's a cat, but whatever. Oh, we'll live there, you know. They tell, you know, that's a place where you could be you uh, and uh, say it like it is or whatever. I, I, I can't understand it, but I can uh, I can grasp it. Uh, so that all happened. And one of the pieces of good news somewhat was that uh, by giving this ter- your territories to one big one, we guess we didn't quite realize that they were territorial and that their behavior, like, and this is, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this because it isn't acceptable, we're, but we're adapting to it as, a, oh, okay, so the big one's behavior did change. Uh, it still caused chaos and destruction, still unpredictable, but just not as unpredictable or aggro as when we stood in opposition of the big one or tried to hide something from the big one. And, but that doesn't mean it's okay, which is where we're at with these decisions we're trying to enact and and figure out what to do and what our responsibility is. And also longer and midterm, what all of you are up to with your big ones, uh, but it kind of seemed childish in some sense, and maybe that's just me and my own issue of uh, this behavior. Oh, now we have this uh, living titan in our, our, our where we live, and we have a leader who is connected to the titan, and and we can identify with and wear clothes and, and praise it, uh, like a belief systems that are thousands of years old uh, and now you I don't know but in some sense when God like beings are uh, say didn't wouldn't you say a God like being behaves with some sort of uh, I don't know those are my things uh, again this is getting in the way of us reaching where we what we need to do next. But that's where we are, or where we thought we were, is, uh, okay, we have the CN nations. We have the things we set in place. Now, no new Spice friends have come forward because, you know, since, we, you know, there were some Spice friends uh, that we needed since Kafir Lime Leaf, uh, you know, when some of the big ones started leaving. But anyway, no current Spice friends. We do have the ability to consistently, I think we know the process that usually will result in the creation of a Spice friend if there is the need to, which is the one part that's uh, quite a variable. But the rest of the parts... uh, we know the process, right? It's a process-based process. So there is a little bit less stress, right? And we had this, uh, uh, like, uh, exodus and, and influx of people, and that caused some changes and some strong feelings here and, and in other places. And again, under my leadership and the, with the leaders I work with, uh, we've you know we've, we've taken accountability for our actions and tried to do make the best decisions we can for everyone that we can make those decisions for and with. 
and trying to, to, to adjust and say, okay, well, this is where you've settled or this is where, you know, this, these are the places we can, can house you. This is our plan. Or why don't you take part in the process? And what's, uh, this is kind of, uh, where the setup is, is that most of the people that chose to leave these big, big one, I forgot the term you were saying, big one affiliated nations or something, but, uh, there, they were involved. They chose to come, and, and they cho- so they have been very involved, uh, and in a good way. And that kind of was a distraction between. So you have the people that seem happy with this one way of uh, being in a big one, big one dominated area, and then you have the people that wanted to get away from that. But what we were distracted from was the people in between. I don't know if that's the right word. They use a word apathy sometimes, but I don't think that's an apt description of it. It was people, I don't know if we forgot them as so much as uh, that we missed an entire layer of people that are being impacted by the behavior of the big ones. That, uh, again, a behavior I can't quite understand. And so, I don't know. I think I should listen to whatever you, you've, you've recorded to, to before I can I can even parse out what we should even do. And I don't know. And it's just it's anniversaries coming up and it has me distracted too. So I think that's a part of it. So I'm going to take a break here. Okay, Madam President, uh, you know, I listened to your recording, and, you know, we've kind of talked about it, too. So, and you, as a leader and and as a person that's wired for leadership and and has a heart for leadership and the mind and the spirit and the soul for leadership, uh, you want to prepare and control what you can control, right? Uh, because you see these big one nations, and that's the term bonds. Uh, you, you forget uh, bond bonds. We would joke about, uh, but you see them as eventually becoming an offensive thing, and uh, that that's where we need to focus our attention. That either. We have to be prepared defensively or create spice friends to lure the big ones out of the big bonds and uh, and deal with them. But I, I guess I have been adamant, and I know your heart's been adamant too, about uh, those people that have chosen not to act, uh, who have said they don't care or they just want to stay. They won't want to be bothered, uh, even though the big ones are bothering them. Uh, that, uh, it is confusing. They won't leave, uh, they're, but they're not exactly happy with the circumstances who could be. And, uh, you know, I pitched, I pitched you and you went through with multiple failures, uh, that I was behind, you know, that I, and, you know, some of our team proposed, because no one voted, I guess, is the thing. We had a public vote that we got the bonds to agree to and said, hey, you, you could make a public vote. Do you want to stay? You know, the, the 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 exodus was a part of that, but that was more voting with your feet. But this one said, hey, just vote, uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll arrange for you to exit or enter. And, again, we, we you know, I think more people left uh, the CN, but it wasn't a large number of people. So then we said, okay, we'll do a secret vote. And if you're concerned for some reason, I mean, what's amazing is, I guess, because of the bonds consider themselves in such a strong position that that they don't really care if you stay or go. Or maybe there's some other more insidious layer that they know you're not going to act. I don't know. But so they had this secret vote, right? Uh, and, uh, 
That didn't do anything. We tried different ones. We said, okay, so you don't want to vote by the electronically. Let's fly a flag. Okay, well, that's where you live. Okay. You know, send us, you know, message it. We didn't do a message in a bottle. That was on the idea board, though. So none of that worked. Uh, and, of course, we came back to the fact uh and actually, it was you that said it. Why don't they just vote with their hearts? But they're not vote. You know, that's where you you got very strong. You said uh, they're not going to vote with their hearts. Their hearts aren't voting. Is the thing. They see the people here that you know that, that chose to go there, chose to come here. They voted with their feet, but their hearts were in it. Uh, so they can't vote with their hearts. So what do we do? And. Again, another thing of unsuccess. Uh, we tried some programming and, and to put on some shows uh, and uh, using the Spice Friends and the big emojis and, and everything we had, all our characters, uh, to teach people how to vote with their heart. Uh, but I think because our intention was ahead of our actions or something that... Uh, it, it, or what response did we have? Uh, and again, this is baffling. I, I understand it because I feel that way inside sometimes too, wanting to lie down. And uh, it's something inside me, right? But there was just nothing, uh, nothing doing. And again, there was more, you know, the big ones were still walking around and then people being kind of, uh, I don't know, didn't know that you really talked about this in the recording, but having to work serving the big ones uh, in these bonds uh, and people still not saying, okay, so your job now is to bring food to the big one. Or you had to leave where you lived and move somewhere else so the big one could just lie down on that uh, side of that hill. And it was tense and, and it really, really not a lot of uh, seeing eye to eye because uh, it just we, no one knew what to do. It's, uh, and it's exasperating, right? Uh, we tried everything, but I guess we tried from the wrong direction because uh, it was you that said it. Uh, at first, you said it to me. You said there's something getting in the way of us getting to the answer of how to do this. Uh, why don't you look at what's bothering you? But like any good leader, any real leader, you did it first for yourself, Uh and that's why I have so much respect for you and, and why I have confidence. Uh, I have hope. You know, I brought, I tried to bring hope to you, but you sparked the hope within me. Uh, I, I guess uh, I, I need to, hopefully you're listening to this and uh, we're finding a way to move forward as you move forward with what's going on with you. President of the Collective Nations uh, recording again. Okay, so I don't remember the last thing I was talking about. Uh, I know we've had some conversations since then. But where we're at, what the turning point is, maybe I should define that, is uh, by, what you would call bystanders. Uh, people without it, that have no side, or they maybe they would describe themselves. They say, well, I don't want to get involved. Uh, I don't have a side. Uh, they're living a big one's nation, but they're not aligned with the big one. But they say, well, this is where I, this is what happened. These are the circumstances. Uh, and we say, well, we want to take you out. Well, what if we don't want to go? Okay, well, what do you want to be? What Like, what's our responsibility to those people? And then the idea that we were trying to get people to vote and trying to get them to do what we thought they should do, and that just didn't work. Uh, this head-on bumping and bumping and bumping. And it was you that said, uh, this is, you know, maybe we have to soften the seed before we plant it. Uh, and what do you know? And then I said, okay, well, you said it was my idea, but it, I think it was your idea. 
And I said, you're right. What is the seed that I can't even let be planted within me? I mean, I know what it, one of them among many. You know, it was very, very frustrated. But when I started to try to put myself there and say, how am I like that? Uh, how can I, like, when am I resistant? Uh, I'm vulnerable, but I, I feel vulnerable. And I said, oh, this stuff with my dad. Uh, and uh, I've got to work through that. Uh, and think about, you know, how, what I'm angry about, what I haven't grieved about, and what I'm powerless over and what I'm sad about. And balance those things with uh, being in the present moment and, and dealing with life, taking action. What, what do you do? And I said, well, I guess I know what to do now is to work with you and work through it and, and through this process and work through it in, in the eyes of children, with the children. I mean, now it's a lot younger when, uh, you know, my father had to make really hard choices uh, to, to, to keep people safe from the big ones. And here I am trying to create a safe place uh and I have to help myself uh, through song and dance and joy, work through those feelings, let them be there, let myself be sad, let myself be mad, let myself be a person with feelings uh, that are real and legitimate. And again, not worrying about what, like, uh, I don't know, just experiencing that and I guess it's funny as an aside is uh, if there was another world where none of this ever happened but this show, it could have changed everything too, you know? Maybe or maybe I may, or would we be like those people just uh, watching the big ones out their window and saying, well, oh, bummer. Here I am and there they go. Hope that my house isn't the one they sit on today. Uh, or would, I don't know, I, that's too much of a speculation. But so while I've been talking about this, uh, you know, we've been in, while we've been working, where I've been working through my feelings, uh, we also maybe came up with, the, we're about to see if this is going to work. Okay, thank you, uh, Madam President. Uh for all of your input and your inspiration and your vulnerability. Watching you. I've just learned so much just from watching you uh, be willing to, to, to try and to try to have hope uh, that these things will work and that these things can be worked through. And that's kind of what inspired that, uh, this uh, thing of the cumin seed, right? Uh, and, uh, the great cumin spice, it's hard for me to say, but the great cumin spice friend giveaway was what I first called it. But then you said cumin cuties. And I said, cumin cutie, cumin And I said, you said, yeah, they could laugh about that on the playground too, but it's cumin And I said, cumin cuties, cute cumin cuties. And you said, just cumin cuties, a great cumin cutie giveaway. It's, it's some sense of vote. Uh, if you wanted a free, well, you know, we started the cumin programming with the cumin cuties. Uh, they were spice friends. They were singers. Uh, they were full of song and dance and joy. But they were made up, uh, instead of being just one spice, they were a collection of cumin seeds. Uh, and we talked and we said, well, this could be something, uh, you know, with the magnetized, not real seeds uh, for the toys, but uh, that are bendable and shapeable and danceable. And uh, then we said, okay, what if people could get these for free anywhere in the world? Uh, 
bond nation, you know, in the bonds or in the CNs? Uh, what if uh, you could just order and sign up and we'd send you a human cutie of your own? That would be a way to vote with your heart uh, for a friend uh, to play with. And uh, it worked. Uh, and and it, it was the best part was uh, with all the newcomers to the CN and everybody that is involved uh, gave people more things to be engaged and involved with, uh, helping make these toys, these gifts to give away. To give away, you know, you were working on them for the people in your community that wanted them and across the world. You were involved in it. You were watching it. Uh, families were working on it. We had a, a cause to work together on. And it's been beautiful to witness. Uh, and, of course, these human cuties, they are cute. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they've just been, oh, boy. And all of the, the all the possibilities the creative team has been able to come up with, uh, so impressive. But uh, that was also when we became aware of a change in in one of the big ones, uh, right here in, uh, you know, the former United States on the other side of the Rockies, the hairy ape, uh, and some of the observations that have been going on, and uh, one of the teams saying, you know, I've been observing the hairy ape. Uh, and it's my belief they've been changing in size. Uh, and we said, oh, like, no, not changing and getting smaller, but getting larger in that this person said, and uh, not just larger in a slow, consistent way, but in a progressively larger way. And you said, well, it's time to take action because it was also a part of this giveaway did trigger some change in, in those countries, uh, in those places uh, where people said, you know what, I, I get like, uh, could be a part of the, uh, you know, the, oh, the Cuban Cutie Crew, you called it. Uh, that was their, their, the, so people that worked on making the Cuban Cuties called themselves. And people in the bonds started to say, hey, I want to leave. Uh, I want to be in the human cutie crew. And first, for a time, the bond leaders, uh, they didn't care because they had the people that wanted to be there that were engaged uh, in their ruling and uh, praising their big ones. Uh, and I don't know if this is what's related to the growth in the big hairy ape, uh, but uh, it's not good. And then the nation's, you know, bonds said, no, 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 no more leaving, particularly here on the other side of the Rockies, uh, the middle. I don't even know. So, you know, that's where I grew up uh, in the Great Plains. So that's why, you know, it, it my heart is heavy thinking about it. Uh, that every, So, okay. So now we've, I guess, Madam President, I guess I'll wait to see. You know, we're about to try to send, to create a human cutie of our own, a spice friend, and and follow our protocols. And actually using what you used to heal some of your feelings with your father and your mother and your siblings, so let's see how it goes. I'll be, be talking to you in a second. Okay, this is a present of the Collective Nations uh, recording. And uh, okay, um, well, this, uh, you filled uh, me in on the human cuties, which was a success. And you taught me to kind of express and, and uh, work through my feelings and feel my feelings. And then we played that out uh, to a larger audience uh, on a consistent basis. And we had a human cutie, just one, but a human cutie. Uh, and it appeared uh, 
on our side of the Rockies or on, you know, our, our, well, yeah. And it was cute. It was a human cutie. It was singing. It was walking. It could reshape itself. Very playful. But it also knew it had to go deal with the hairy ape uh, who had grown and, and was acting more chaotic. Uh, but now they'd closed to the borders there and wouldn't let anybody leave. And, and uh, uh, it, was, it was time for a change. Uh, and the Cuban cutie headed through the Rockies, uh, and uh, the hairy, big hairy ape was waiting. And eventually, they started to dance in a sense, especially since the Cuban cutie was uh, singing. And, and that was when we got our first glimpse of how large the hairy ape had grown to be the big hairy ape, even though it was big to begin with, and that it was much larger. Then the cumin, even I, I guess now I'm saying it like you, but our cumin friend, cumin, it's cumin cutie. I want to say cumin spice friend, but it's cumin cutie. And at first the dancing or whatever you want to call it, uh, offensive dancing, defensive dancing, uh, it seemed like it could go either way because of the ability of the seeds to reformulate themselves, uh, it kind of offset the uh, offset the size advantage of the big hairy ape, uh, but it went on for a while, and it went on in a way that, uh, you know, there was swaths of people impacted by the dancing, and, and it went on for for some time, with only some breaks, and and we tried to keep inspiring song and dance in people's hearts and people around the world using their human cuties. Uh, to express their feelings and work through their feelings. Not all of them good feelings. Or you, what you would choose is good. And I remember you showing me that wheel of feelings and saying, you know, when you were ta- talking to me, or I was talking to you about where I felt blocked with uh, my sadness and that there was this one thing on the wheel I noticed, pensive I can't remember it now, but pensive, sad, and and grieving. And on the other side of it was uh, service and joy, I think. And that that was the spirit of the human cutie, right? And I I guess I don't know. I'm distracted now because uh, so the human cutie and the big hairy ape, they went back and forth. And eventually... I guess when you say big hairy ape, it sounds uh, a little bit uh, not nice, but this big hairy ape uh, was also keen and always learning. And I, I think at the time we were assuming that was not the case. And so at some point, the big hairy ape uh, got figured out that one had a size advantage, uh, and two, that the human cutie was made up of uh, that its advantage uh, was also a disadvantage that was made from collective seeds and we didn't even notice it at first uh, that uh, the big hairy ape would have a a back and forth a dance off uh, but each time and then it would retreat off and rest and it was acting like it uh, it stubbed its toe or something and it needed to get away but really is grabbing small handfuls of cumin seeds, uh, taking them out and burying them or throwing them in the rivers. Uh, uh, and it wasn't for a few days that we noticed the cumin cutie was getting smaller and smaller and then much to our chagrin, smaller and smaller and smaller even after we realized it. And at first, that uh, seemed like it was going to be uh, a giant problem, right? The cumin and cutie kept getting smaller and smaller, but it never stopped. Uh, and eventually, it never it got to the size that it was still very large because of the huge size of the big hairy ape. But next to the big hairy ape, it looked like a little toy. And the big hairy ape started picking it up and, and holding it and... Uh, in a somewhat way that, at least for me, felt uh, 
evocative of how the big one nations were being run. Uh, it was patronizing way. It was uh, a paternal, but not a loving paternal way. It was a way like a B U L L Y in a sense, and those images were playing out everywhere. In our reaction with the creative team and and you kind of leading them, was to say, okay, people are going to have strong feelings about this. Let's, uh, what can we do that's the opposite of that? And and again, with the human cutie being so beloved. Uh, and trying to understand that, again, another behavior that's not quite understandable, but we have feelings about. And more and more people, but I think the fact that so many people also had this joy and service connected to it, uh, that uh, something totally unexpected happened, which was that... Uh, one night, all of the human cuties, uh, and I think that more and more people, we started to get more and more orders during this time. They were still free. You could still order them, and we were still using means to sneak the big one, human cuties into the big one's nations, or people were giving them to their neighbors to use. People were posting ways to make your own human cutie, and uh, that... Uh, the human community started uh, talking to people, like uh, and calming them, uh, interacting. I guess uh, just a little bit uh, uh, that they were. Uh, I don't think it, it, again. We still don't understand it because it's not happening anymore. But that uh, they didn't come to life uh, as so much as communicate a message somehow. And then what did people do? But they took their human cuties outside, uh, even if they weren't in the, the in, in the Midwest, uh, former Midwest, uh, the plains. Uh, they uh, they um, took their human cuties outside and played with them in a, in a fun way, and danced with them with joy. And with the knowledge that this human cutie came from service, from someone else uh, giving it to them, there was some remnant of that interaction, like in the heart, uh, in the hearts of the people, I guess somehow. And somehow that changed how the the big hairy apes started to deal with their human cutie. And that the the big hairy ape uh, must have witnessed it, but it must have felt it as well. And the big hairy ape started to get smaller and smaller and smaller too. Now, still uh, fairly large in size, but took its human cutie and, and headed off uh, to to an isolated part of the Rockies, and 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 uh, seems to have burrowed in. Uh, just playing joyfully with its toy. And I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means for the rest of the big ones, nations, uh, the other big ones. Uh, but I do know that uh, there is this new awakening that I can feel of people saying, oh, wait, I would like a little bit more of that joy can I get it through this service? Can I get it through these feelings? Can I get it through the song and dance? Uh, can I get it by playing with this human cutie? I don't know. Maybe I'll try. So uh, I'm in a place now where it's like, I don't know what we're going to try next, uh, but I hope I stay willing to try uh, to, to solve things. And then as long as I can, I can help uh lead us uh, uh, to the next uh, stage uh, that we have to, to cover. Uh, so i got to get some rest. I hope you're resting too, astronauts. Uh, and I know we'll talk soon. Uh, good night.